You're listening to the Third Down Squad Podcast, the best international news podcast for the National Football League. We're your hosts, Derek, Josh, and Toby. Let's get you ready for new set downs What's going on, on Sunday. Everybody? Welcome back to the Third Down Squad Podcast. We have just finished week 10 of the NFL. Jeez, these weeks are going by so fast. It's crazy. Um, we're going to go into our weekly recap from last week's games. Now, just to make sure everyone understands this, we were just talking about this less than a second ago. We're, we're, I went 3-10, and 10, okay? I went 3-10. and 10. Toby and Josh here went 4-9. Uh, what were the games that decided it? What were the games uh, that the decided one game that decided it all was you guys picking the Vikings over the Cowboys, and I picked the Cowboys over the Vikings in that one. Otherwise, you know the funny? first was that. I I remember I joked about go trying to be go going like zero and twelve or something like that, and how yeah. close <laughs> I actually was. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and here's the thing: so we all picked the Raiders, we all picked the Ravens. I picked the Browns over the Bills. I got that one right, and Toby and Josh didn't. They picked the Packers to win. That was a close one, but they got that one, and I missed with the Panthers. And then they obviously picked the Vikings and the Cowboys over that. One thing I just want to mention to anyone that thinks, oh, you know, these guys are terrible at at picking games. Well, first off, our records are pretty good so far this year. I'm 91-55-1. Toby's 89-57-1. Josh is 83-63-1. That's, most of, that's bull loading right us, there. Uh, Josh has basically a is predicting about 65% of his games correctly. Toby and I are closer to mid-70s when we're doing it. But, I mean, we're, we're doing this stuff by we gather what we hear from that weekend we do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We're gathering information and we're doing podcasts, usually on a Thursday, right before the week starts. And a lot of times certain things happen that we're not uh, taking into account or can't take into account, like the fact that Matt Stafford decided to break his hand over the weekend and wasn't able to play. And ultimately, I think we're all in agreement here that if Matt Stafford had broken his hand on Wednesday and we had known about it, then we wouldn't have picked the Lions to win that game. But anyway, like I mentioned, uh, this was a bad week for a lot of teams, a lot of teams that should have won but didn't. This is pretty much the NFL, folks. It's what I've been saying for the longest time. It's any given week. Any team can beat anybody. And we're going to get into that here now. So, first game, uh, Thursday night football game between the Los Angeles Chargers and the Oakland Raiders. And Toby has something new for you guys. He's going to have the stats up at the bottom of the screen there for you. So, you can look at everything there to kind of take a look at what happened during the game. But, basically, Phillip Rivers had himself an awful first half. The Raiders got off to a really hot start. And, although the Chargers made it a close game in the end. We're not able to make the final comeback and the Raiders improved their record and they are now sitting at a five and four record. I think that's right. It should be five and four. Uh, they That's impressive given we did not, none of us expected this. Uh, Toby, what were your thoughts on this game? Uh, well, like you said, it, it was close in the end, but... Um... 
it uh, with the Chargers, it's kind of a theme this season, and all of their six losses they have this season so far came by one possession, uh, which is the most in the NFL for losses. Uh, but on the Raiders side, uh, you really got to take into account the rookies that they have so far this season's or the season. Sorry, um, for the Raiders, they have all rookies have scored 13 scrimmage touchdowns so far, which also leads the NFL. Uh, Josh Jacobs has seven of them, which I really like because I have him on my fantasy team. Um, but uh, the one thing that the Raiders struggle a little bit uh, is uh, the passing defense, which showed against the Chargers as well. Philip Rivers, like you said, in the second half, he had a pretty good game. Um, but over the last four games, the Raiders have allowed 13 passing touchdowns, so it's uh, a little bit. It's uh, 3.25 touchdowns uh, passing each game which you put that together it's uh, over 21 points only for passing not accounting for rushing touchdowns um, so that's maybe a point that should be a concern for the Ra- yeah, for the Raiders uh, the coming draft or offseason to kind of take care of that but yeah I mean give the rock to Josh Jacobs for now and that's it alright Josh go ahead yeah, um, Josh Jacobs has proved that he could possibly be the offensive rookie of the year. Possibly. You know, there's still a couple other people out there, but I think he's top runner. But I'm surprised the Raiders turned around their season so fast, you know. We all are going into the season saying that they're going to be like 6-10 and 10 and something ridiculous like that, but they've proven us wrong. And uh, I think they're going to just keep playing hard. And like I said, the Chargers got that one against the Packers and now they're going to lose the rest of the season it's going to happen just watch well, while I don't agree with that statement he, he definitely hasn't been wrong so far anyways uh, next game our first Sunday game which was the Ravens versus the Bengals where Lamar Jackson put on a show we obviously have all seen the clip of him completely spinning out the Bengals secondary literally and I mean, there's not much more you can really say about this one. Ravens dominated in every fashion. Bengals are still are still 0-9. Uh, Josh, what, is there anything you wanted to add to that? Is Lamar Jackson a, is like a cook or something? Because he roasted that Bengals defense right there. I've never seen him torching like that in years. Uh Clearly, he's like the pinnacle dual-threat quarterback. Just like how he destroyed the Patriots' defense, he pretty much just ran over that Bengals' defense and nobody was stopping him. Uh, and I think a lot of it has to do with that, with, with the play style and the playbook of uh, the Ravens' offense by adjusting for him. You know, not a lot of teams do that in the NFL that adjust to their quarterback's strengths to the extent of what the Ravens uh, coaching staff has done. It's proven that it's it's working, and that's all they yep. need to show. It's working. Toby? Yeah, to kind of add to all the hype around Lamar Jackson, I got three stats on Lamar Jackson right here. First off, in the last two games, he had uh, seven total touchdowns, four of which came uh, with a pass, and three were rushing touchdowns. Underlining that, he is kind of a running back quarterback hybrid like we all have been saying 
he also has a NFL record as being the first quarterback to have uh, 50-plus rush yards and one rush touchdown in four consecutive game, games. And he is also... Wait, I got one more. Oh, yeah. He is in the 16 games that he started for the Ravens uh, since Week 11 last year. He is 13-3, and which is the second most wins by a starting quarterback in that span uh, since, uh, yeah, really one year since uh, in the regular season. The other thing to add on the Baltimore side is uh, Mark Ingram, who's been fantastic for them. He's not the big run guy, but he's been effective in the red zone so far this season, and uh, it's underlined that all his touchdowns so far this season come out of the red zone so no long touchdowns runs sorry touchdown runs so far this season for Mark Ingram uh, which we already saw with him uh, the past couple of years uh, for the Saints and on the other side of the ball uh, the Bengals actually only started 0-9 once before in the history of their franchise in 1993 Uh, so we always say the Bengals are a bad team but this year, it's especially bad for them. Mm-hmm. All right, next game: Bills versus the Browns. Like I said before, I'm the pick this one to be right. Uh, Certainly looked like the Bills were off to looked like definitely the Bills were off to a hot start for certain, and the Browns, despite their numerous bad habits, were able to actually pull this one out even though this win certainly does not make Freddie Kitchens look any better for this matter. But, Toby, do you have any thoughts on this one? Yeah, first off, uh, it was the first time this year that Baker Mayfield had two touchdown passes. So, that much for the savior of Cleveland. Um, And also, a lot of people feared with uh, Kareem Hunt back on the field after his suspension that Nick Chubb kind of, that they would split carries more and uh, Nick Chubb's carries would be cut. Uh, It was actually the complete opposite case as Nick Chubb had more carries than ever this season, even with Kareem Hunt on the field. And, yeah, on the other side, the Bills... um, they, I, I mean, I'm not sure what to make of the Bills. They have had a really good season so far, but then they lose to a Browns team that we've been talking about hasn't really lived up to the expectations that everybody had in the off season, And they lose to the Browns. So I it wouldn't surprise me if we... Uh, don't see the Bills yet again in the playoffs, which they were actually in the race for. But one thing the Bills kind of have to continue to do is that they are the only team in the NFL so far that hasn't allowed a 100-yard receiver. Um, so if you keep playing like that, especially if you're going up against the the Patriots, you have a good chance to uh, win those important games and not do what they did against the Browns. Josh? Yeah, the... um, I don't know. I feel like the Browns just got their stuff together in the very last second, which can be seen by that uh, field goal. But uh, the Bills, 
man. I don't know what's going on with them. Like they're hot one time and then they're mediocre the other time. I don't I, I don't want to say this is like a fluke win by the Browns, but I'd say it's in the realm of being a lucky win. Because if I'm Freddie Kitchens, I'm trying to win out the rest of the season because your job's on the line. And I mean, they handed you this team with a lot of talent and mediocrity is what the is what you get. He has to start making some changes, otherwise the Browns will make changes without him. All right, and next game that we have is the Panthers versus the Packers, which actually got moved to a 425 game, but we're just going to leave it in for that reason. Uh, like I mentioned before, I'm the only one that picked the Panthers. The Packers ended up winning this one in Lambeau on a snowy day. The Panthers were actually able to get into the uh, red zone to finish the game, but were not able to capitalize in the final bit. And the Packers finish out the game with a win. Josh, your thoughts? Yeah, it shows you what happens when you find take, pay attention to the defense, Green Bay. They actually are with able are able to do a fourth down, fourth and goal stop at the one. It, it finally paid off to get a defense around uh, Aaron Rodgers' Packers, and it really has shown that mm-hmm. it can and will end up working in the long run. So it was a good win by the Packers. Doby? Yeah, both of the teams right now are led by their running backs. Uh, first off, Aaron Jones was the main contributor in that game for Green Bay with his uh, three pa- uh, rush touchdowns. Sorry. Um, and on the other side, you have Christian McCaffrey, who had his seventh uh, consecutive uh, game with a touchdown in it, which is he's the only player to do it, to have a touchdown in the last seven games. Not even guys like Michael Thomas or DeAndre Hopkins or other guys have that. Uh, And if you look at uh, the defense for the Panthers, they are actually vulnerable against the run right now. Um, If you only look at it at a fantasy uh, stat-wise, the Panthers have allowed uh, 23 or more points uh, against opposing running backs in for the last five games. So if you're playing the Panthers right now, just run the ball and basically try and throw uh, the least amount of times you can. All right. And now, uh, Toby, we mentioned we were possibly going to do this. Uh, Let's just go ahead and try doing this now. Uh, We're going to just kind of skip the Colts and Saints recap. We'll kind of just mention it as part of our recap in general here. Uh, We'll just go with the Saints and the Colts as well. Um, Anyway, next game, the Falcons versus the Saints. Uh, one of those games this week where everyone was kind of very caught uh, surprised by this. Uh, certainly not the game that I think 90% of America was anticipating to happen. So I didn't get to watch much of the game, so I can't really say anything. Uh, Toby, this is your team, man. What happened? Oh, it was bad. Um, and... I mean, when you only see Atlanta having uh, six sacks in that one game against the Saints, who usually have one of the best defensive lines in the game, uh, and they only came into the game with seven combined sacks for the entire season so far, it it looks bad. But then you hear that Terran Armstead, their Pro Bowl left tackle, came 
half dead into that game because they had to start him because they didn't really have a backup for left tackle yet the flu and was just not himself that day then Andrews Pete broke his forearm during the game so another uh, lineman fell out during the game it just played all in favor for the Falcons uh, this time around that's where the sacks came in they the Saints never really established a run. Elvin Kamara, I believe, had 42 yards. Let me check that. 24 yards. Sorry, not even 42 yards on four attempts only. Um, so if you'll read those numbers, you know, uh, you you have to run the ball more often with Elvin Kamara than four times in an entire game. And your only receiver on the Saints right now is Michael Thomas. And it's not going to work out when you throw the ball as much as the Saints did on Sunday. Uh, Drew Brees had had to hold the ball longer than he usually does, which led to a lot of sacks because he didn't have the time because of the injured O-line. I think it will be better uh, this week against Tampa Bay, though, because Taron Armstead will hopefully be healthy and Respeed is out, but uh, Will Clapp will probably fill the role pretty well. Uh, when he has more practice during the week with the um, with the first team, but on the other hand, the Falcons uh, played it really well. Um, Devontae Freeman uh, got injured during the game, but they had Brian Hill come in and lead them with rushing, and all the other parts like Julio Jones just functioned really well. So I gotta give it to the Falcons this time. Josh, man, you know you you you're desperate when you got a guy who's sick with the flu that has to come in and play. Man, I can barely when I get the flu, I can barely get up and go to class in the morning. But they, they actually go out there and play football with the flu. Man, you're just like Jordan in the NBA Finals. My hats off to you, sir, because I'm usually dead. <laughs> but. Like Derek was explaining to me at the football stadium, it's just that one week where the stars align for the sucky teams that actually get a win against really good teams, you know? So I don't think this will happen. I'm not going to say it's not going to happen again, but I think it's going to happen less frequently like it did on that day where we ended up going like 4-9 and nine and 3-10 and ten in, our de- in our decisions. So I, I just think that... To- that Drew Brees has to get rid of the ball faster regardless of if uh, his wide receivers are covered or not because your own line is sick and not really healthy right now. So hopefully it gets better. All right, next game. Lions versus the Bears where I met how the Matt Stafford had broken his hand and was not able to play during this game. And the Bears were able to actually put together a decent performance i think it was said that trubisky only threw i think for 170 passing yards i can't remember it should be 73 that's right and he actually had quite a few touchdowns which was different than what mitch trubisky is used to so the bears were able to put together the performance and were able to win at home Uh, josh your thoughts uh, before I get to that, uh, quick NFL news. The uh, Cleveland Browns have cut Antonio Callaway. Really? Yeah. All right. All right. Interesting. But, uh, 
I just found that out through my cousin. So if you have any problems, direct it to him. I'm not going to dox him at this moment or anything like that. So, gotcha. Just because. But uh, anyway, the one time I picked the lines to not lions it up, Matt Stafford decides to break his hand. Wow. Um, I don't know what the heck's gotten into the Bears, but it's really weird. Because here they are, you know, last year, one missed field goal away and chasing Cody Parkey out of the city to mediocrity, you know. It's just weird how the NFL works. But Mitchell Trubisky, I think turning off those TVs really helped them mentally, you know. Because he, he doesn't need to hear people telling him that he sucks when he already knows it himself with the way he's been playing lately. So, I think it was a good thing for him to turn those TVs off, focus on his game, and look at what happened. They won. Sure, against the Lions, but a win's a win. Toby? Yeah, like Josh said, it's for the Bears offense, it's all in Trubisky. He had three passing touchdowns in this game, despite not having that many passing yards, which is surprising. But if you think that he only had two passing touchdowns in the previous four games and now come out against the Lions who supposedly have a good uh, defense, uh, and he throws uh, three passing touchdowns. That's a little bit surprising, and none of which were to Allen Robinson. That's even more surprising. They're number one receiver uh, right now. Uh, on the other hand, it was not only Matt Stafford that was missing for the Lions. It's also uh, on Johnson, who is on IR right now. He's the only Lions running back uh with a hundred plus rushing yards in a game for the last six seasons so that's the thing that the Lions need right now uh, and don't have but yeah the Bears actually managed to get a little bit of offense on the field and if they can continue to play a bit of offense I mean the Bears are not that bad we saw it last year all right Next game, Giants versus the Jets. We all kind of anticipated the Giants to win, but the Jets were able to pull it out. Jamal Adams had the crazy uh, fumble recovery. I don't know if you can necessarily call it a fumble recovery, but he had the sack where he stole the ball from Daniel Jones just straight out of his hip pocket and took it all the way back. So, Jets win their second straight game, and... Or, no, they actually didn't win their second straight game. I'm just saying that they they're uh, now won their second game. And, I mean, Giants just look like the Giants again. Daniel Jones had a terrible day. Uh, Saquon Barkley vowed after this game that he will not play like that ever again. Uh, Toby, what were your thoughts? Uh, yeah, uh, Daniel Jones is uh, really turning into a decent NFL quarterback right now with having his uh, four passing touchdowns and that without a legitimate receiving threat on the team right now. It's it's impressive. We really underestimated him during the draft period, but the Giants might have actually picked a quarterback that is half decent on the field. And on the other hand, what what? What's going on with the Jets? One week they're out there, uh, Sam Donald is seeing ghosts, and the other week they are a legitimate good NFL team, even without a running uh, uh, game right now. 
even with Le'Veon Bell, it's his uh, biggest drought so far since his rookie season with not having 100 rushing yards in the first nine games of this uh, season so far. But like you said, Derek, their defense is actually playing pretty good, with, especially with that Jamal Adams touchdown uh, last week. They, they may have the base for uh, a decent team. Josh? Yeah, but when we saw the highlights, Derek, I was like, hello, I'd like to report a robbery because Jamal Adams just came in, said, that's my ball, give it to me, I'll be taking that, <laughs> and ran away yes. and got a His touchdown. Like, like literally, If anyone doesn't understand exactly what he's talking about, just go to Jamal's Twitter. You'll, you'll figure that out pretty quickly. But I've never seen theft in a football game like that. He literally ran through Saquon Barkley, got up to Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is like, oh. He literally just ripped the ball out of his hands. I've never seen that really happen before, where Barkley gets bullied by Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams grabs the ball out of Daniel Jones' hands and gets a touchdown. You know, all right, really quick. This is going to go, this is a question to all our Giants listeners here. Let's say you still knew that Daniel Jones is going to get drafted in the NFL, like in this previous draft, but you had the chance to take a uh, different player in the 2018 draft. Would you still take Saquon Barkley or would you take Quentin Nelson? What do you guys think? If you knew you're going to get Daniel Jones, would you still take Saquon or would you go for Quentin Nelson for that second pick in the 2018 draft? I don't mean to change it really quick, but I've been, ha- I've been sitting on this question for quite a while. All right, next one. Chiefs versus the Giants. All right, uh, you're just going to blow off that damn question? Yep. He's just dodging it. <laughs> yep, Is that gonna, what's going to happen? Yeah, we're just going to let everybody you're gonna matrix. The, yeah. You're going to let them. You're going to matrix the shit out of that question? Yeah, we are going to matrix it. All right, live with it. That was an open live question. That was an open live question that you guys and then all the listeners here. They really just, they literally just pretended I was just talking out of my ass right there. Well, I think I know exactly what they would pick, okay? They would pick Saquon, okay? We're moving on. All right. Even though Chief, that offensive line is garbage? Their offensive line, believe me, is is not their biggest worry. I can promise you that. Yeah. All right. Next one. All right. Chiefs versus the Titans. I'm just saying right now. That We're you're gonna... going to the Chiefs versus the Titans. I don't want to hear it. The Titans. Pull off the big win against Kansas City. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. See, folks, we never have a dull moment, do we? Um, Gosh. Chiefs versus the Titans. I'm just saying, though. Stop talking about it. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) Gosh. Can we talk about the fact that the Titans just mollywopped the Chiefs? Can we talk Mo- about that for a no, second? No, no. Can we talk can about we talk how he about just said mollywop? Can we just talk about how he said mollywop? Who the hell is saying that? This is no longer the 50s. There's plenty Derek. of people that still say that, all right? Chill, okay? I'm would, I would like a dry sink with my mollywop over here <laughs> while I go up. get my jollies <laughs> off. Josh, do you have any words to say about this Titans versus Chiefs game? Well, I'm going to say they got mollywopped by the Titans. Uh, Derrick Henry, Henry really mollywopped the Chiefs' defense, rushing for all those yards. That's what you're going to do, yeah. huh? 
That's yeah, what you're Brian be. Tannehill really mollywopped the cornerbacks for the Chiefs. He threw for a lot of yards. <laughs> I can't keep a straight face right now. <laughs> I'm gonna name my. I'm gonna change my fantasy team name to Molly Whoppers. <laughs> That'd be funny. All right, go ahead, Toby. I totally just dismantled that whole question. I'm done answering that one. Um, well, I only have one thing really to say about the game, and the last ga- uh, play of the game, it was not an offside for the Titans. A lot of people say it was offside um, to block that field goal, but if you look at the video, it it's just a perfectly timed jump, and it they just blocked the, f- the, the field goal to, uh, yeah, to kind of not tie the game up and for the Titans to win the game. So it was well played by the Titans. They couldn't contain Patrick Mahomes, but their offense finally figured something out without Marcus Mariota. So they can at least score a couple of points themselves. Yeah, some would say they got molly whopped. Can you <laughs> shut up? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Gosh. I regret even talking. All right, next game, Cardinals versus the Bucks. Another game where we all picked the Cardinals, assuming that they would do better offensively. And the Buccaneers beat them. So, again, another game I really didn't get to see a whole lot of, so I don't really know a whole lot of this one. But all I know is the Cardinals lost and the Bucks won. So, Josh, do you got anything to add to that? The one time. I pick the Cardinals. They lose. But every time I don't pick them, they somehow win. What's going on here? I don't know. Some might say that they merely got molly walked by the Buccaneers, but I beg to differ. I'm trying really hard to keep my tongue. Please don't make me go crazy here, okay? <laughs> Toby. Toby, you know what you know yeah. the word you use for no, this one. Toby, you use it. I'm leaving. Okay, I'm leaving. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, I uh, haven't seen much of the game either, but I I read the stats afterwards, and one thing that surprised me is that Jameis Winston is actually tied for the most games over 300 yards of the season in the NFL right now. How the heck? did Jameis Winston do that and still be considered one of the worst quarterbacks in the league right now? On the other hand, how for, that works. Yeah, uh, on the other hand, for the Titans right now, um, we said it a lot, Kyle Murray is kind of getting used to playing in the NFL and being the dual-threat quarterback that the Cardinals wanted him to be. And right now he's the only quarterback with uh, two and a half thousand passing yards and over 250 rushing yards in the first 10 career starts. Uh, the only other quarterbacks to do that are Deshaun Watson, Cam Newton, and Dante Culpepper. So he's in pretty good company there. So he might actually be one of the better um, dual threat quarterbacks in the league. Let's see how the rest of it plays out. But he has to find Larry Fitzgerald a little bit more. Right now, Larry Fitzgerald hasn't had a receiving touchdown over the last seven games. So, come on, Kyle. Just 
give one of the all-time greats a couple more touchdown passes. All right, next game is one that Josh and I went to Sunday. Oh, boy, Sunday oh, boy, not oh, boy. Go the way we wanted. Dolphins defeated the Colts in Indianapolis Sunday. Brian Hoyer was atrocious, uh, basically threw three Garbage. interceptions in this game. The Eric Ebron did not perform the way he said he was going to. And basically, Adam Vinatieri missed an extra point yet again. So, um, basically, Colts lost, and we're going to be talking about Vinatieri here in a few So, Josh, your thoughts? Well, I vented a whole lot in the car ride down there, but for those of you that weren't a part of that car ride, here's pretty much what I said. We were garbage. Absolute garbage tier team. Like, we didn't even deserve to play in front of those greats right there because we were garbage. Marlon Mack, he ran pretty well until his knees decided to give out because it looked like something was wrong there. Uh, Brian Hoyer, man, oh, man, did he suck. Oh, my gosh. You remember that, uh, remember that second pick he threw? Derek, the one that was right to what's-his-face? Yep. Yeah, everybody in that stadium wanted to throw beers at him. Like, it was literally that bad. But you know what? I review that damn interception with Ebron. That was horse shit, and I'm telling you that now. I was pissed, and I'm sorry for swearing, but it still pisses me off that they just sit and go, well, you know, let's redo the entire play because, you know, we can't tell. And come on, Frank, throw the challenge flag. I know it's not pass interference, so you got a chance of winning this one. Right. You know? Yeah. I, I mean, our defense played very well, except for letting up Ryan Fitzpatrick run the ball into the end zone. You know? If Bursette played, we would have won. I don't know what happened to this team, but... It was ridiculous. Ebron, if you're going to talk like that, you got to show up. You didn't really show up all that well. I know that Hoyer throwing it to uh, the Dolphins defense didn't help you, but on that fourth down, you had the ball. You just couldn't make it one more yard. Seriously? Come on, man. Come on. Toby, any words on this? Yeah, like Josh already said, um, Eric Ebron has to do more in the game. I mean, he had 12 targets in that game, only caught five of them. Um, so he wasn't the Eric Ebron that we were used to from last year. And on the Brian Hoyer side, it was his uh, 10th consecutive uh, loss when he started a game. So you guys might get lucky and don't have to see another Brian Hoyer start this week. All right, next game, Rams versus the Steelers. Another game where we all pick the Rams. And the Steelers, again, Steelers have actually been one of the best teams in the NFL over the last six weeks. Uh, they are an overtime away from being 6-6 six and six in their last six games. Uh, they've been looking like one of the best teams in the NFL right now, and their defense has just been locked down 
and with the Rams, safe to say, I think Sean McVay's time of being a young genius uh, on the offensive side is starting to wear off. I think it really is. And unfortunately, that's just how the Rams are. Uh, Toby, what were your thoughts? Yeah, like you said, first off to Sean McVay, um, I think it helped him a lot the first couple of years that he had one of the most talented teams in the league uh, on offense uh, as his team. And right now you're feeling that they don't really have a run game. Todd Gurley is, uh, due to the injuries, not the same guy that we saw uh, the first couple of years in his career. So I think they might have to get somebody in there that can run the ball more effectively right now than Tech Early is able to. And I think that also opens up a lot more for the passing game, um, which they struggle with. Um, also, the uh, I think it was an injury to Brandon Cooks or an illness, I'm not sure right now, uh, didn't help them either. So, but all in all, it, it's it's kind of a story of the season for the Rams so far that they kind of seem, I mean, I said it the first couple of weeks, they seem slow. They, they don't have the pace that they used to have. Um, so, let's see about the Steelers, though. Um, Derek said they were one of the best teams in the NFL. They actually lead the NFL in games in November since 2017 with a record of 8-1. That's one step for you. And they also probably made one of the best trades in the history of, uh, in the NFL uh, this year uh, with uh, Minka Fitzpatrick. I mean, the guy is dominating on the field right now. I think it's five uh, turnovers that he created in the span of the couple of games that he has been with the, with the Steelers. So he's done a lot more than the team has done in the first weeks w- without him. So... Uh, they gave up a lot for him, but it paid out for the Steelers in the end. Josh? You see, the Steelers are starting to piss me off. Because either either they're supposed to be good or they're supposed to be bad. Now, let me, let me clarify this. When they are supposed to be bad and lose games, they win them. And surprisingly, they do it efficiently. And when they're supposed to, uh, you know, well, when they're supposed to lose, I mean, win, I should say, sorry, they lose. You know, they are, for as good as they are, they are still very inconsistent when it comes to games. But I do think, agree that the addition of Mika Fitzpatrick has changed that defense a lot to where they now feel good about having a a deep threat guy getting uh, covered by Mika Fitzpatrick, something that they really lacked. And uh, for Mika Fitzpatrick to only be there a year in uh, Miami, it just shows you that he still has potential and he's going to be able to go a long time while in uh, Pittsburgh. And yeah, Derek, I think the Rams with uh, Sean McVay, I think finally his young uh, hot shot kind of attitude is finally caught up with them to the point where uh, I think coach teams are going to stop looking for you know young hot shot uh head coaches because he started it by uh, changing jared goff you know so i think there's uh going to be a coaching change here pretty soon well not necessarily for the rams but 
like the age, I guess, that teams will be looking for. All right. Uh, next game, Vikings versus the Cowboys. Or I did not pick the Vikings. Uh, I mean, the Cowboys, I don't even know what to say about them. They're just so inconsistent every single week. You never know what the issue is going to be. And ironically, it wasn't even uh, Dak Prescott that had the biggest issues. He actually had a relatively decent game that week. So certainly wasn't on him. It was just the rest of the team that did not step up. And given how piss poor the Vikings have looked the last two weeks, hard to just imagine that the Vikings went in there and dominated the Cowboys the way they did. Uh, Josh, any thoughts? Uh, Zeke has to get more involved in that offense. You know, it's I, every time I watch the Cowboys game, it's always Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper, with Zeke taking a back seat when he used to be in the driver's seat. Now I don't know if it was because of him getting paid or anything like that, but we've saw, seen this before, where if a running back or somebody else asks for a higher-paying money like contract. Uh, they tend to get what I call heavy wallet syndrome to where uh, that money that they got in their contract is weighing down their ability to run because they want to protect themselves for future for the future and I don't know if that's what Zeke's doing or it's just the fact that uh, Kellen Moore is just going more aerial instead of running this year because I haven't really seen Zeke do much this year compared to past years past i should say yeah uh josh i agree with you on one point that you don't see much of ezekiel elliott and it was the same uh with minnesota but they tried to run it with him he had 20 attempts on sunday against the vikings but he only managed to get uh 47 yards off that uh 20 attempts so an average of 2.4 yards per attempt it's not it's not even gonna get you uh, the 10 yards you need with four attempts on the average so I don't think when you have a game like that, they are not uh, uh, putting uh, that much on Zeke and try to get it more over Dak Prescott. And the thing is with Amari Cooper and Dak Prescott, it's working out for them. Amari Cooper, since he joined the the Cowboys, he's the most successful uh, wide receiver uh, touchdown-wise in the NFL with 13 touchdowns over 17 games. Uh, so why not lean on Amari Cooper? Apparently he scores the touchdowns with a uh, Dak there. Um, but this week they had the trouble of stopping Delvin Cook, and when you have a running back on the other side uh, that has almost 200 scrimmage yards against you, there's definitely something wrong. And last year the Cowboys were one of the best teams against the run, or against the uh, quarterback, uh, the running back, uh, passing attack. It this year it doesn't seem like it. It Leighton Vanderesh. It feels like is not the same type of middle linebacker anymore that he was last year. He was dominating uh, opposing running backs, but this year it, it it kind of feels a bit off with the linebackers for for the Cowboys. So they struggle against good running backs, and we saw that on Sunday. All right, last game. Seahawks versus the 49ers. This is definitely a, a back-and-forth kind of game. The 49ers obviously did not have George Kittle, making it difficult for them to throw the football, it seemed. Uh, but 
the Seahawks were able to pull this out in overtime. And I think the one thing that kind of mentions this about uh, the 49ers is Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't been the guy this year. He hasn't been the guy, and I think the 49ers are going to be limited by his ability to play. I mean, not saying that the dude is terrible. Obviously not. He's not been playing terrible by any stretch this year. He's been a pretty good quarterback. But for the money he's getting paid, which is now pretty much the third highest contract in football, if I'm not mistaken, he's not producing the numbers that we expected of him. I mean, like I said, I don't think he's been bad. I think he's been good. I just don't think he's been great. And when you're getting paid that kind of money and your team needs you to be that way, some at some times you need to be that way. And so far this season, he's been a little bit of a shell of himself in some ways. Uh, Toby, what do you think? Uh, I think Jimmy Garoppolo has it, had his ups, uh, ups and downs this season. He had a couple of games. I think it was week eight that he had the four passing touchdowns in that game where they couldn't do anything uh, with their running backs or with their defense, and Jimmy Garoppolo basically won them that game. But like you said last week, uh, he had two fumbles and one interception, I believe. So that's something he has to clean up. And on the other side, of course, you have Russell Wilson. And first off, uh, Russell Wilson has a 12-3 and records against the 49ers, which is the most against any opponent for Russell Wilson, and then he excels in primetime games. He has a record of 24-5-1 in primetime games in his career. So that's a factor that you have to see in Russell Wilson, that he shows up first against the 49ers and then in primetime games as well when he's under the spotlight. Um, on the other hand, of course, like you said, uh, George Kittle is probably, probably their main receiver right now other than uh, Emmanuel Sanders, and I believe Emmanuel Sanders... Uh, was hurt as well uh, so if you have two guys that are not at least 100% or not even playing in that game you you kind of have a little bit of a problem with your quarterback so it's not all on Jimmy Garoppolo in that game um, so I wouldn't write off the 49ers completely after that game or say that Jimmy Garoppolo is not that great a quarterback of course, his contract is too high, like Derek said. He, I mean, the guy didn't prove himself before getting, at the time, the biggest contract in football. But when they get Emmanuel Sanders to 100% back and George Kittle back on the field, it's it's going to be a different team on offense. Josh? Yeah, I definitely feel like Garoppolo is there, but he's not there. And I think that has to do more with the wide receiving core that he has compared to like another t- top quarterback getting paid. It's one thing to have Emmanuel Sanders, but he's getting up there in age. So I think during this next draft, I'd start to get a little bit of a fresher crop of wide receivers coming in, you know? I, because I think they're one big wide receiver name away from uh, having a pretty solid wide receiving core. And I think they also need one more good tight end to back up George Kittle. But the Seahawks are the Seahawks, as usual, led by Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson never says never. 
and uh, they win, ending the 49ers' perfect season. Go figure. All right, so now we have our recap for that week. Now it's time to go on to our topics, and our first topic is about Colin Kaepernick, who basically stated that he will be holding a private workout on Saturday for any NFL executives to show up. Uh, From what it's being told, there are about roughly a dozen teams that are sending executives there to that workout. Uh, Basically, the big question is NFL wants to, does the NFL want Colin Kaepernick back in it? Does a team want to bring Colin Kaepernick in? So, Toby, the questions are, is this workout legit? And if it is, do you you think it's going to lead Colin Kaepernick back to the NFL? Um, I... I can't really say if it's legit or not. It's, I mean, he's getting his chance after the whole uh, legal stuff that went on with the NFL, so they kind of have to give him a chance to have kind of his personal combine again. So that's probably been part of the deal, which never officially went out what he got in that deal. So, yeah, give it to him. I mean... It's it's not that big of a deal. Let the guy work out. If teams want to come, like you said, a dozen teams, uh, or about a dozen teams, have said they're gonna send uh, a scout there uh, to look at the guy. If he's gonna come back in the NFL, I mean, you can't tell he hasn't played uh, uh, publicly in three years, so y- you don't know him with whatever football shape he's in. Is he still able to kind of have that? football intelligence or the football IQ that he had when he led the 49ers to a Super Bowl, which we already saw the last two seasons that he played in the NFL, uh, that he kind of regressed in that uh, department. I'm I'm going to say there are maybe two or three teams that could use a quarterback right now that has experience. One of the teams, especially being the Broncos with the injury to Joe Flacco, so I'd watch out. Maybe the Broncos are interested in Kaepernick. Josh? I'd say if you feel like you need a quarterback and there's nobody else, I'd say take him. Uh, doesn't mean he's going to be a starter. He could be a backup for the rest of his time in the NFL, but if you really – because quarterbacks are hard to come by, you know? I mean, you get lucky with a few here and there, but if you think that he's going to make a a definite change to your offense, then I'd say, yeah, go for him. If not, just keep doing what you're doing. That's as simple as that. Yeah, I mean, whatever this situation is for Cap, I really don't know what to expect with this. I don't know all the details of all the workout. I'm not 100% sure of them. I know they're out. I don't remember what everything is going to happen there. But it ultimately depends on which teams are sending executives there. And I think it's kind of getting to the point now where the NFL really just doesn't care anymore. Like, Kaepernick, if you want to come back in the NFL, whatever. You don't even really care anymore. We haven't heard you really say anything about healing recently. But, you know, you start doing that crap again, then, yeah, your your butt is gone. But, anyway, 
there are a couple teams out there that could definitely use a Colin Kaepernick right now. Uh, we're seeing that, but ultimately the question is, is does he really have a future? I mean, guys, he's been out of the NFL for three years. He's been out of the NFL for three years. I don't care what quarterback you have that is, it, it could be Peyton Manning from the time he was eight, uh, 29. You, you get to be getting to be that old, you know, it, or you spend that much time away. A lot of times you, you really take some time to really get back into the rhythm of everything. And he can make these, he can have these workouts all he wants. Really doesn't change how the flow of a game goes. I mean, ultimately we know what happened the last time he was, you know, he certainly uh, wasn't super great the last time he was in the NFL. So I don't know. I, I think this definitely could be the lead to him getting into the NFL, but still right now, I'm not sure. All right, we're going to move on to the next topic, which is whether or not the Colts should keep Adam Vinatieri. So over this season, Adam Vinatieri is only making 60% of his extra points and his field goals numbers are not that much higher. They're a little higher, but not that much. And the Colts have now lost two games at the helm of Adam Vinatieri. And there's been multiple, multiple games where he's cost us more than that, uh, and nearly cost us a lot of games. And whether or not you want to say he was responsible for the Dolphins game, he was definitely a lot responsible for that game because when he missed the extra point, which kept the Dolphins, uh, which only gave the Colts a two-point lead instead of a three-point lead, would have, at the end, when it was 16-12, to 12, could have been 16-13, to 13, the Colts could have put him in position to make the field goal, to tie the game, to go into overtime, and we would have probably won. So, yes, Vinatieri has been costing the Colts several games this year and Frank Reich and Chris Ballard have been preaching accountability accountability you guys have got to do your jobs you got to come in and do your job you got to be or else you're not going to get to play well Chris Ballard and Frank Reich Adam Vinatieri's been showing up but he hasn't been doing his job very I, look I'm not questioning Frank Reich and Chris Ballard overall I'm just questioning them on this decision I do not agree that Adam Vinatieri is the best thing for us right now. You are telling me there is not a single free agent kicker out there that can make more than 60% of his extra points. You're telling me that. You're basically insinuating that. I, I don't like this decision. I hate it. I think Adam Vinatieri needs to go. As much as I love the guy and as much as I think he's the GOAT, he's the greatest kicker of all time. He's one of the greatest players of all time. He's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's going to be known as the GOAT of all special teams guys. But look, man, you're not doing your job very well right now. That means you either need to be benched or you need to leave. And I'm sorry, you're 45 years old. I doubt that you're going to get better as time goes along. So... My ultimate response to this is Adam Vinatieri needs to go. I don't agree with Frank Reich and Chris Ballard on this decision. Adam Vinny needs to go. Josh, your thoughts on this? What have I been preaching since that uh, damn <laughs> yeah, Chargers I, I wish game. I didn't even have to ask. I don't even think I need to ask. Look, even Brett Favre and Peyton Manning knew it was their time to go. You know? 
And I think Adam Vinatieri thought he could go longer because he's a kicker. But ever since they pushed that extra point back to the 20-yard line, it's made PATs less automatic. So, and I'm tired of praying to the football gods that Adam Vinatieri makes this field goal. Because remember what I told you, Derek, when we were sitting up there? Mm-hmm. I said, watch, he's going to miss at least one extra point. It's going to cost us the damn game. Mm-hmm. What happened? He missed the extra point and it cost us the damn game. <sighs> Look, I know that he, his good years are done. He's past them. And I think if he wanted to right now, he would leave. But mm-hmm. since nobody's telling him to get the hell off the field, he's staying out of obligation because of his contract. So I think Ballard and uh, Reich should just go, we're going to start somebody else because we're, we've lost two consecutive games to which he could help could have helped us win. And I know that he's a little bit to do with the fact that we've only been winning our games by few, the most few points in like NFL history right now. But... You, you just got to know that the team, it's the team before the player. And I think it's time to uh, release Adam Vinatieri and have him retire into the sunset. Because I'm tired of having it go to him and finally go, well, he's probably going to miss this one. Mm-hmm. Because he used to be automatic. Not anymore. Not anymore. All right, Toby. Yeah, I mean, you guys already put out the stats and all, and I definitely agree with you. Uh, for this season, get somebody else on the field and uh, get over it with Adam Vinatieri. I mean, you can't give him the chance to uh, get into a competition with your new kicker uh, next off season because I think a lot of uh, Adam Vinatieri right now has to do with his mental state after all the extra points in field goal that he mi- uh, has missed over the couple of weeks that he played. So... I feel like if he kind of gets gets it right in his head again and uh, give him uh, the rest of the season off to kind of free his head of it, I think he can still be one of the best kickers in the league. But for right now, cut him for this season, bring him back into a training camp next year, make it a kicker competition with your new guy that you bring in. There's definitely better guys out there right now. And... If it doesn't work out next year, just retire. All right, our last topic here before we get into Toby's odds. The Jets owner states that they are confident in Gase's skills and are planning to keep him through 2020. I don't even have to ask Josh because I already know his answer. Uh, Toby, is this a good idea or is this a bad idea? I mean, when they play like they did last week against the Giants... It, it actually looks like they have, like I said in last uh, in the recap se- uh, segment, they have a decent base to build on. Uh, with a couple of drafts and maybe a good offseason, they could actually be a decent team and maybe in the spot to get a wild court. They're not going to get uh, the win in the AFCs because that's booked for the Patriots. That's There's no way the Jets are getting to a Patriots level anytime soon. But... I mean, 
if you see games like last week, you actually think Gaze has done something right, but then you have games like he had against, uh, what was the Seeing Ghost game against? I can't remember oh, right that now. Was against, that was against the Patriots. Yeah, it was against the Patriots. So you see that and you think, fire that coach immediately. I think oh, yeah. give him a chance, but doing it that early in the season, I'm not the biggest fan of it. Josh, do I need to? You already know my answer, so let's move on to the next subject because we're already. Uh, we already know time. my answer as well. So, all right, Toby, go ahead. Toby's arts. Oh my gosh, the little lizard right down there just matched up with those coins falling. <laughs> that should totally be the uh, picture you see when you uh, do that. <laughs> All right. If anyone is wondering, it's Discord where have Josh having send us memes the whole time, <laughs> and he's got a lizard down here laughing. So. <laughs> All right. So we got uh, five games once again this week. Uh, the first game, uh, New Orleans against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And if you uh, solely go off last week's game uh, of the Saints and even the Bucks beating uh, the Cardinals, you'd say the Bucks are the favorite in this game. But the Saints are the favorite by five and a half points. And I think with a hopefully healthy, healthy Tyron Armstead, uh, the Saints should beat Tampa Bay by more than five and a half points. So I'm going with the Saints at the favorite with the spread against five and a half points. Um, the odds minus 110. The second game is the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Indianapolis Colts. And the Colts are the favorites by three points. And if they do not cut Adam Vinatieri before Sunday, I'm going with the Jacksonville Jaguars at the plus three with the odds at minus 115. Um... Well, then you're definitely picking the Jags at plus three because they yeah. they already confirmed that they were going to be keeping Adam Vinatieri. All right. Unfortunately. So, Jags plus three. Maybe even outright. Uh, the third game is between the New York Jets at the Washington Redskins. And the Washington Redskins are the favorites by two points in this game. I think that's the only time the Redskins are a favorite this season. And, of course, I'm not going with the Redskins. Uh, Jets with plus two <laughs> at the odds of minus 110. I'd even go with the Jets outright here as well. The fourth game, the Buffalo Bills at the Miami Dolphins. Of course, the Dolphins are coming off the win against the Colts. And the week before, uh, against... Sorry, I'm blanking here. Bills. The Bills, okay, yeah. I thought so, but it's not going to happen again for the Bills. Um, Buffalo, I'm going with uh, minus six and a half favorites here. So, like I said, I'm going with the Bills here. Uh, the odds, minus 115. They are bouncing back uh, after the loss against uh, Miami two weeks ago. The f fifth and last game is between the Cincinnati Bengals at the Oakland Raiders. Oakland are the favorites by... Minus ten and a half points, of course, against Cincinnati right now. Um, after benching Andy Dalton, 
it's it's not gonna get better. So I'm picking Oakland with the minus ten and a half at the odds of minus one ten. So once again, the quick recap: New Orleans with minus five and a half odds, one, minus one ten. Jacks at plus three, minus one fifteen. New York Jets plus two, the odds minus one ten. Buffalo at minus six and a half, the odds minus one fifteen. And Oakland at minus ten and a half with the odds minus one ten. So that's my odds for this week, and now we're going to the uh, outright predictions for this week, and we're starting off with the Thursday night game between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cleveland Browns. So, Josh, go ahead. Give me the Steelers. I just think that they're going to do it, so I'll take the Steelers. And every time I make a decision now, I know it's not going to be as bad as this week, so I feel more relaxed picking these games. All right. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you, Josh. I think the Steelers, this one too, like I mentioned, the Browns have not been consistent, and the Steelers, like I mentioned before, have been the best team in NFL over the last six weeks, and they've been winning the turnover battles like crazy. And if we have seen any indication of what Baker Mayfield is like, expect a few turnovers from the Browns in this game as well. So yeah, I'm going with the Steelers as well. Um, I'm I'm going to different option here. I'm going with the Browns on this one. Um, I I totally agree with you, Derek. The the Steelers are probably gonna win the turnover battle, but I believe that the Browns might have figured something out here. Uh, I, I believe they're going to rush the ball a lot more often uh, against especially Minka Fitzpatrick with Nick Job and Kareem Hunt, and that's definitely going to help him and not put that much on Baker Mayfield. And fun fact in that game, it's actually the first ever game in the NFL that an Oklahoma quarterback plays against the former Oklahoma State quarterback, so there's a little bit of a rivalry there. And the two played each other in college, and they put up over a thousand yards in that game. So it might be fun to watch. Oh yeah, I'm gonna be watching for the first quarter, and then everything else afterwards. <laughs> All right, we're moving on to the Sunday games, and the first game on Sunday we're gonna talk about is a NFC uh, NFC South uh, battle between the Atlanta Falcons and the Carolina Panthers. So Derek, go ahead. I don't expect to do the exact same thing that they did against the Saints. I know the Panthers had a close one. I think the Panthers are going to be uh, revibrant again, being at home. It's going to be in their home uh, stadium, and I think they're going to end up winning this one. So give me the Panthers here. All right, Josh. Panthers. All right, um, I'm going to go the same route here, and I think the main reason is going to be Christian McCaffrey in this game, and I think they will establish the run a lot more than the Saints did last week. And that's what the Falcons probably can't deal with right now. Next game is between the Dallas Cowboys and the Detroit Lions. Josh, our Lions expert on the podcast, tell us what you think. (laughs) I'm going to take the Cowboys in this one. Because the Lions are going to Lions it up. That's what's going to happen. Well, if Matt Stafford can't play, which I'm assuming because he has a a hand problem, 
I'm guessing that means he's most likely going to be missing this week as well. Even if he wasn't missing, I'd still pick the Cowboys here. So give me the Cowboys. Yeah, I'm, of course, also going with the Cowboys since the Lions will be without uh, on Johnson, of course, for another week and uh, Matt Stafford. So uh, if the Lions can't find anything on defense, there should be no chance for them in this one either. The next game is between the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Indianapolis Colts. And, I mean, I've already said it in my odd segment. I think the Jags will win it because Adam Vinatieri will probably blow another game for the Colts. And, yeah, Derek, you go first this time. You're triggering me right now, Toby. I got to admit. <clears throat> I want to pick the Jaguars. I want to in this, but I can't because I'm too big of a Colts homer. Give me the Colts here. I think they bounce back after a very terrible loss Sunday. I think they figure it out. I do think they'll figure it out this time around. And Nick Foles, I know, will be back and playing. But, you know, after being gone for that many weeks may take him a few quarters to get it figured out and by that time hopefully the Colts will have figured it out so I'm going with the Colts here pondering in silence <laughs> remember what I told you on the way back from Lucas Oil Stadium yeah that Adam Benatari needs to go yep since he's still there you're not going to do it where is he? I'm picking the Jaguars. No! <laughs> gosh darn it. I'm pick I'm the only one picking the Colts. Yep. Yeah, because until they do something that shows me otherwise, it's the safest right. bet to pick against them. I'm probably going to get that one. Too, so Alright, moving on to the next game. It's between the Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins. And like I said in my odd segment, once again, I'm going with the Bills here. Uh, I don't think they're losing I twice to the Dolphins. Alright, Derek is I also with the Bills. And Josh. Give me the Bills. Alright, nobody's I'll picking the Miami Dolphins. Even when they're 2-0 in November so far. Uh, and that, the next they will game. 2-1 after this. Next game between the Houston Texans and the Baltimore Ravens. Josh. Ravens. Ravens, please stop the Texans' surgeons going on here, pal. I think the Ravens got this one. I think the home team gets the added advantage in this one. If it was in the Texans, I'd definitely give it to the Texans. But, yeah, I mean, this is the quarterback battle that we've been wanting to see, right? Deshaun Watson versus Lamar Jackson, two young quarterbacks that have been playing at MVP levels all year long. These two have looked great. It's going to be a fun game to watch, I'm sure. I just think the Ravens have just looked like the best team in football for the last few weeks, uh, just with the unstoppable force that is Lamar Jackson and that running game that they have. So, give me the Ravens here. Yeah, I'm also going with the Ravens here. Uh, I believe uh, Lamar Jackson is slightly playing better than um, Deshaun Watson is right now. Of course, they're both playing at 
the highest level in the NFL right now. And yep. I, I also think it's not the last time we're going to see this matchup this season. I think we're going to have that one again later this year. We might. Or next year, actually. The next game up is between the Denver Broncos and the Minnesota Vikings. Derek. I want to pick the the Broncos here just because I want to think there's something else that the Broncos can offer. But with the way the Vikings looked against the Cowboys, they actually figured it out how to do stuff even without Adam Thielen around. I think the Vikings will get this one. It'll be a close one, but I think the Vikings will have it, especially since they're at home. So give me the Vikings here. Yeah, I'll take the Vikings because the cook is in session right now. And he's just burning the uh, defense alive, charbroiled and all. <laughs> Where do you come up with these analogies? Like, seriously, do you they sit, just come naturally? Do you just, do you just sit in your apartment at, at night and just think, man, this would be a really good analogy to think of? Or is that just come out of you when it comes out of you? It just comes out naturally. I wish I had that talent. Jeez. Yep. All right. Yeah, I'm also picking the Vikings here against uh, Denver. Um, we said it often so far this season. The Vikings are a different team at home than they are on the road. Um, and against the Broncos right now, I think they're still without Joe Flacco. So it, it should be a Vikings game. Next game. Uh, is between the New York Jets and the Washington Redskins. I've already said it in my odd segment. I'm going with the Jets here. I do not have faith in the Redskins right now whatsoever unless Dwayne Haskins can show me otherwise. Uh, Josh, you go first. Uh, give me the Jets because I think Jamal Adams is still too much of a field presence. I third that motion. All right, moving on to the last game at 1 p.m. It's between the New Orleans Saints and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And like I said before, I'm going with the Saints here against the Bucs. They will have a bounce back after that terrible game against the Falcons. They just have to not commit those stupid penalties like they have been against the Falcons. Derek, what are your thoughts? I agree with you 100%. I think they'll bounce back. Usually when a, when a great team has a terrible game like this, they use it as motivation, and especially against the Buccaneers, who obviously this will be the second time they're facing them. I think they're going to want to reiterate just how dominant they are and shut down, hopefully shut down Mike Evans again and Jameis Winston. So, yeah, I'm going with the Saints here. The Saints. I choose the Saints. Give it the Saints. All right, we're moving on to the 4 p.m. games. Uh, the first one is between the Arizona Cardinals and the San Francisco 49ers. Josh. San Francisco 49ers. I think they bounce back. Yeah, I think they will here too. I know they don't have... They obviously don't have a George Kittle out there right now. That definitely hurts their wide receiver core. But I think this time they'll come in a little more prepared. They'll be ready to go. And this time they'll be at home. 
So it'll be a little bit better presence for them. I think they'll bounce back after a tough loss against the Seahawks. So give me the 49ers here as well. Yeah, I'm also going with the 49ers. I think um, the Cardinals are just not on the same level as the Seahawks are right now. So I think the 49ers should have an easier time to beat them um, than they had against the Seahawks last week. The next game is between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Oakland Raiders. And like I've said before, I'm going with the Raiders here. I just don't think the Bengals right now have anything close to being able to win any game right now. Derek, what do you think? I second that motion. I'm going with the Raiders. The Raiders. I choose the Raiders. Ho 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 ho. Oh my god. <laughs> Y'all's mics keep cutting out. <laughs> That's the funny thing. <laughs> Alright, oh but uh we're moving on to the Super Bowl rematch of two years ago between the New England Patriots and the Philadelphia Eagles. Josh, are we gonna see uh the the Philly special. Yeah. Philly special. <laughs> no, you're only going to see the Philly special in the subway shop when you order it because the Patriots are going to win. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I agree with him as well. There will be no Philly surprise being served in restaurants Sunday. Uh, I can definitely tell you that much. Give Bill Belichick an extra week to prepare. I don't care what team you're up against. You just can't pick against him and not... So give me the Patriots here. Yeah, Derek, you said it. After a bye week for the Patriots, there is no way you're going. Uh, no way you're going against the Patriots here. Then yeah. we're moving on to the Sunday night game. It's between the Chicago Bears and the LA Rams. Um, the one team is on an upwards trend, the other one on a downwards trend. So who you guys got, Derek? You go first. I'm I'm gonna change my pick here. This one will surprise you guys. I am going with the Bears here, okay? I know that's a stretch. I know it is, but I think the Bears just have started to finally figure out a little bit of a formula to get things going, and with the way the Rams have looked the last couple weeks, they just haven't looked in sync offensively, so that definitely hurts them, especially with a good defense like the Bears. So I'm picking the upset, the Bears on the road beating the Rams. Rams, I'll take the Rams. All right, I'm I'm gonna side with Josh here. I am. Darn it! This, despite the fact that the Bears are turning upwards, I, I, I don't think I've quite seen enough uh, of the Chicago right, defense. How friendly, Josh! Jesus, <laughs> how friendly. Toby, can we just blur that out? Uh, I'll try to. Yeah, please do. We don't want to. We we're trying do it with to the laughing lizard. Here. Do it with the laughing lizard. We're Just trying to be child friendly here, okay? Um, but well, yeah, I'm just... Stone Cold Steve Austin, and he did it on public television for a <laughs> no, while. Whatever, so. whatever, uh, bro. Like we're even monetized anyway. You know, YouTube. Hey, we want to be buried. monetized. What you mean? <laughs> we're buried here, man. All right, you two done? 
Yeah, we're done. All right, back to my point. I think. Who I, the hell said I was done? No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead, Toby. <laughs> yeah, back to my point. I don't think I've quite seen, haven't quite seen enough of the Chicago defense in the last couple of games. That I think um, the Rams are still that little bit too good um, that they beat the Bears. So, especially at home for the Rams. I think you that's the thing. You guys are just thing. teaming up against me this week. You guys are just going up against big old Derek here. You guys want to get gain your lead back on on me in the rankings, I see. Yeah, we <laughs> we got to do something about that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, for the last game on Monday Night Football, we have the matchup in Mexico City between the Kansas City Chiefs and the LA Chargers. This year we can actually, or they can actually play the game in Mexico again. So, Josh, what do you think? Chiefs, remember what I told you about the Chargers? They're done winning games after that Packers game. Again, as much as I disagree with that theory, he hasn't been wrong. So, I'm going to take his advice. I'm going with the Chiefs. (laughs) Yeah, I kind of got to go with the Chiefs as well. I mean, the Chargers haven't looked that bad the last couple of games. And like I said, they all, all their losses came uh, with uh, in a one-score game. But I feel like the Chiefs have to bounce back at some point again. I, I believe uh, this is the game that it's going to happen. So that's it for the predictions, and I'm going to hand it back over to Derek. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for watching and tuning in. We hope you enjoyed. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at T3DS underscore NFL. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to follow us and listen on Spotify. And also, don't forget, guys, Christmas is right around the corner. So be sure to go onto our main page, click on the link in the description. You'll see where our merch site is, a bunch of cool merch ideas for anyone in the family including yourself especially the new tampa 2 josh special line that toby just released it's definitely very cool funny stuff so be sure to check all that out they have a bunch of different options up there for you but as always guys peace see ya later